0: Yeah, Crimea river, Sean. Cry
1: me a river, not a stream. Cry me a river, don't be mean. You should make that up? Yeah. For all I know, that could be a huge hit. That's so how much <laughs> I pay attention. Well, I mean, it's I didn't make the whole thing up. Of course, that's the great Justin Timberlake.
0: Cry me a river, okay, Joe Cocker did a song called that years ago, but you oh. say what you
1: like. Well,
0: I Who, Who's I, JT? Didn't... Who's JT? Justin Timberlake. It's James Taylor, but you were close. See, I'm very confused.
1: <laughs> all right. Ah <laughs> Gotta get that energy going. Ah. <laughs> ah. It's very uh like, a,
0: Jesus, when it gets here, what's it gonna be like?
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs>
0: it's the countdown to five podcast snaking our way to the release of indiana jones and the dial of destiny
1: snakes why did it have to be snakes
0: we're recapping revisiting once-overing and celebrating the four films in the indiana jones franchise that have graced our movie screens Up till now, Paul Preston of the Movie Guys here with you, and who could that other voice be? It's my co-host, the show's diligent editor, a job nobody wants, and owner-operator of creation, uh, creation? Creative.
1: I am an owner-operator of creation.
0: This is why I wanted to have this whole show. Just to tell you, Creative Motion Entertainment. Can we just make it Creation Entertainment? There you go. I've saved you some money right there. It's Creative Motion Entertainment's founder, and as far as we know, CEO, Sean Blodgett.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Hope you're doing great out there. We're having a great time here. I'm hitting mics. We're setting up cameras. Everything's great. It's fantastic.
0: The energy's here. Woohoo!
1: We weren't sure it was going to be before. The show. I, I wasn't sure, man. You know, in Southern California, having like cloudy days every day, that's that's a lot. You know, it, it brings your emotional tone down. You got to really fight to like have that joy. You're
0: going to hear this mid June, but we recorded this June 1st. So I'm fresh off the Ted Lasso finale. I'm surprised I'm doing this at all. That was a <laughs> roller coaster. Emotions high. I mean, do my eyes, did they, did I, They're a little hit the, wider. I hit them with the clear eyes? I had to. C- yeah. cry, you know, Hard crying, hard cheering, hard oh. laughing, all ugly I so. mean there's
1: nothing better than watching a piece of media, television show, streaming media, movie, whatever well, yeah. and, uh, and, I'm curious to and, see how
0: you put bring the emotion back into it when you've called it a piece of media uh, you okay, you know, the, I call like,
1: this term for <laughs> i I like looking at a nice piece of media uh, <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, there's nothing better than than watching something and and actually. Having it move you, oh my god. I mean that—that that is just. What was I, wa- I? I don't know. I was watching something the other day, and it was just something very simple, and I was like, "Man, this is really making me feel things." <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god. <laughs> I was oh god! Okay. Anyway,
0: where are we? We're in the Mighty Admirals Club in Burbank, California, and as of this taping, we are. I mentioned it was June 1st, so we're 29 days away from the release of the Dial of <gasps> Destiny on June 30th. Ah. Uh, today we're talking all about the first of three pairings of indiana jones with james bond indiana jones and the last crusade because you see sean connery sean see he was james bond you see and then ford later appeared with daniel craig and cowboys and aliens you oh. see so now do you know the third pairing of harrison ford with a bond no you got to go to television and ford's ford's all over tv these days it was shrinking in 1923 and in 1923 timothy dalton Plays a very aggressive sort of bad guy. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I can't see this guy being redeemed, but he's a pretty bad land baron who wants to take all the land from the That's a the, great role for guns. him, actually. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Much better than James Bond, actually. No yeah. offense, but... <laughs> oh, I like this James Bond.
0: He was tough as nails, and that was kind of missing from Roger Moore, which was cool. But, uh, yeah, obviously, only got two movies out of him, but he's been good in a lot of stuff, so I'm glad he keeps working Penny Dreadful, The Rocketeer, right? and now he's very good in this. And I remember seeing... Ford and Dalton on the red carpet, and they were like, "Hey!" and just watching them like say hi after the t- you know who knows how long before the red carpet they were right, taping and right. seeing each other. So it was a nice reunion. I was like, "Oh,
1: Indian Bond, right? The best." Actually, speaking of Bond, it's interesting that you bring up Bond in general because I know we've talked a little bit about. How Spielberg wanted to do a Bond movie. That's how this whole Indiana Jones thing started. And that was like sort of the the onus of, of getting this going, right? And I was thinking to myself, I kind of feel like we were robbed a little bit of more Indiana Jones movies.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, no, I We I, should have nine indie movies. We should have about a dozen uh, Ghostbusters movies. Yeah, there are franchises that just didn't make enough... That, yeah, we love what we got, but I wish we had more.
1: I mean, there's just you no. Know, when I look back on it, you know, because I know they released some books that were like some other stories or adventures that Indiana Jones had and all of that stuff. And I was thinking about it. I think it was a comment you made that, like, you know, we should have had more movies. And I was, like, and it really hit me. I was like, yeah, we really should have had. I mean, we we should have like nine, ten, twelve. I mean, this should be like James Bond because, as we mentioned in the last episode, every movie is really kind of standalone, even though they, you know, the, the we we've we feel the arc of the story of the character and, and in this movie we, you're gonna see Sala again. So yeah. clearly it ties to the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's and a tie-in. But there's tie-ins to James Bond too. We always had Q, we've always got you know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. always got all these consistent and then there's the new characters, the new love interest and all of that stuff, which is very similar in terms love of interests, or Love interests. <laughs> love interests, yes. Yeah. I mean but I don't know. It just really got me thinking, man. I wish we would have had more.
0: See? Indies ties to Bond. These are the fun facts we bring to the table. And we insist all of our facts be fun.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Sean, I mentioned Indiana Jones and the Dial
1: of Destiny. Do we have any updates on that film? We have so many. Well, well, not so many. We've got a few. We've got... Yes, we have updates. Yes. (laughs) That bit hasn't been done before. (laughs) (laughs) Um... First, actually, okay, the big one is Harrison Ford was visibly moved when receiving a surprise honorary Palme d'Or. Did I say that right? Palm, I believe so. Palme d'Or. Someone French will chime in if you didn't. At the Palme d'Or. <laughs> is that better? The palm at the
0: Cannes K- Film <laughs> Fest.
1: Uh, uh, at, at Cannes. <laughs> Correct. And, um, I mean, very much deserved. I'm excited that he is getting these accolades. I'm excited that he's out there just doing just doing he's he is a movie star and maybe i don't know in some ways like the greatest movie star
0: i've mentioned a, i mentioned a show we do at the movie guys called the ford fiesta we're looking at every harrison ford movie and we were going to do a what's new with harrison ford segment at the top of the show then get to that week's movie mm-hmm. something from his career we're going chronologically but that segment's become huge because he's so busy 1923 shrinking dial of destiny he's got like He's doing campaigns for different things. He's showing up on all the shows. He was on Good Morning America. He did Cannes. He got this award. You know, he's like so busy.
1: There's a pretty funny. Did you see the Good Morning America? What happened uh, on that show? I've seen clips from it. What did I miss? There, there was a, there was a moment. I think it was Good Morning America where you know they were like, so how was it? You know, doing the like de aging in this movie and and like what did the, you know what was that like for you? And he was like, you know, I was a little against it in the beginning, but you know. It's a little different learning how to, you know, perform with all these balls on your face. <laughs> and he just lost it. And the crew lost it. And it was just... <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> That's good. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he's he's all over the place. And, and, and
0: I should mention, the Palm d'Or was uh, scheduled for Michael Douglas, and they gave him one. So this was a surprise to everybody that they gave a second honorary Palm oh. d'Or. To Harrison Ford, and then, of course they give out the Palme d'Or every year to the best film, which was a French film. Uh, and we might want to look into that French film, wins Cannes Film Festival. Anyway, yeah. but uh, Harrison mm. Ford was uh, a bonus, so it was, I mean, of course, to your point, it absolutely deserved. Uh, now, so Michael Douglas also got one, yes, and but that was planned again. So everyone came in, Michael Douglas was gonna get one, and then Harrison Ford got one too, and everyone. Was I, mean, I wonder how food. he felt about that. Different
1: night, different night. <laughs> I mean, still, you know, you're like, hey, 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 Wait a hey. <laughs> romancing the stone. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Dial of Destiny also played at Cannes. Uh, reviews were mixed. So, yes. I mean, there's some stuff to chew on there. I'm trying to stay away from that stuff. I, I just don't want to be, I, I don't want to be too tainted, you know, um, When I look back on when we did Countdown to Nine, I wonder if I had watched too much about Rise of Skywalker by the time we got to it that I was like, "Eh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I don't know. I think you
0: appreciated it by the time we covered it on the post-movie show, though. Yes, I did.
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, and I still have an appreciation for at least the filmmaking of it and the film itself, you know, but – I don't know. This this is such an interesting situation with this. You know, he has really come out strong and said he is Indiana Jones. No one else is going to play Indiana Jones. I still question that. Personally. I still say no one could. But go ahead. Well, I, and the other thing that it brings up too is, you know, obviously we're we're in Hollywood here or near Hollywood, uh, being in Burbank. And, um, you know, right now, of course, the writer strike is happening. And, yes. you know, we just had a vote for SAG-AFTRA as to whether or not we would be willing to strike as well um, should should there be a need for it. And, you know, there's a lot of things on the table that are really important. There's a lot of things that, that 100% need to be dealt with, especially for the writers and all of the changes that have happened with seasons. And, the, I mean, definitely support the writers. But there's there's one thing that I think... Uh, is is getting I don't want to say it's getting skirted but it's it's there's a lot of anger towards it and there's a lot of confusion around it and rightfully so because it's new and that is AI mm-hmm. and we've talked a little bit about AI um but I I tend to think that that what as an industry we need to do is double down on the idea that that AI is not going anywhere and it's here to stay and and what we what what i wish our unions were really focusing on is how can we incorporate the technology into the safeguards of our work so in other words like for instance what if there were only certain ai platforms that writers oversaw so they could utilize ai as a tool but they would but they would have to they would oversee it and they would have control over it. And ultimately those writers would own the copyright or, or whatever, own the rights to it. So they would get the residuals and all of that stuff. Cause, cause I think what happened having been around for the previous writer's strike and how much that really did affect my career in a very big way. Um, I, I feel like at that time the industry was, very much doubled down on as eh, streaming it's new media i mean they called it new media for 10 years and it was like it was here guys yeah. it, you know for it was absolutely ridiculous they were way behind the times and by the time they realized that it wasn't new that they needed to double down and actually embrace it and be a part of it everything was already in done it was in the works so now we're we're backtracking trying to get contracts we should have got 10 years ago And, and I feel like uh, we're a little more on top of the AI thing now, but there's still sort of a, a a focus on the anger towards it and on like, just, I want to get rid of it. I I don't want to use it. They shouldn't be allowed to use it. And it's like, look, this is a technology that's, that's here. And it's no different than when HD came on the scene and, you know, suddenly uh, all of these television shows went, went from shooting film to shooting digital And that changed all of the contracts for the actors um, suddenly. And that was happening when there was a big, you know, uh, negotiation happening with the motion picture producers. And, you know, all of that stuff had huge effect. And and it was, again, people just going, oh, we're not going to look at, we're not going to really focus on this. We're going to focus on this over here. And I get that they need to focus on the contracts and those things and all of that. But this is real and this is happening and it's here and it's not going away. So I and for actors, I'd like to see that same sort of safeguard. You know what? What if there's some way? Because look, at some point, maybe not now, but 25, 30 years from now, some executive is going to go. We need to bring back Indiana Jones. Now, I'm sure at that point, Harrison Ford's what uh, mm-hmm. 120. Yeah, he looks great. By he's the gonna way. Look, he's gonna look great. So he but he might not be jam. able to do everything. So they're going to be like, let's just do like face replacement. Let's just do a complete, we'll do, it'll still be him, but we're going to make a new, we're going to make a new movie. Let's find a sound alike. And that guy's going to do the voice. And, and at some point, I think that's going to happen. I think the idea that we're going to be able to continue to do work the way we've done it and the way it's always been done, it's already being proven that it's, that, that that's not going to happen. You know, a generative AI is already taking actor jobs Um, you know, uh, one of the like bread and butter jobs that, that a lot of us have done is like spokesperson jobs, you know, industrial films, those kinds of things. There's generative AI avatars that can be created to do, you know, basically talking head videos. Now, are they as good as an actor, as a live actor? Of course they're not. You're not going to get instincts and, you know, things like that. But if we're talking about somebody who doesn't have a huge budget and wants to put together an advertisement with a spokes with some sort of spokesperson. If you've seen some of these AI avatars that are out there, they look pretty photorealistic sometimes, especially if it's just talking head with some graphics in the background and they're talking about a product and yada yada this is how it works and boom, now I've got my ads for Facebook. So I think the danger to me is ignoring it. The the danger is trying to trying to say let's let's put it away, let's get rid of it let's not let them use it let no let's us embrace it and let's us control it let's figure out what what are the companies that are doing it and let's get them in bed with sag let's get them in bed with with the wga let's let's get contracts with those companies and 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 let's get control of of this before the producers just go run and 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 do their thing because they're gonna run and do their thing because at the end of the day that's their business
0: First of all, once everyone, once Harrison Ford's dead and gone, and everyone who would have hired him for this is dead and gone, they can do what they want. I I don't want to see them put his face on a thing. You know, I don't want another Sam Spade movie where Humphrey Bogart's face is put on some actor. You know, so uh, hopefully they don't do that. I don't, I don't don't need to see that. If they can do later when it's, you know, but while he's here, maybe this is the end of the Indiana Jones run. Fine. Yeah. Also, guys in the coal mine. Yeah, maybe solar's not going away. Maybe get a job in solar. You'll
1: live longer, I think is your point. (laughs) Uh, Oh, 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 this is really exciting. All four indie films, including the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, are now on Disney Plus for you to get all caught up and enjoy. I think it's awesome. So exciting.
0: A couple things about that. First of all, the advertisements are all about the four films. There's not a lot being said about the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Mm -hmm. and Man, the stuff I've read about that show recently... Has me really excited to see it. I never have, and I can't believe I never did. I think it was like a Harrison Ford only, uh, or or nothing, you know, kind of guy. And I was very young too, as far as you know, when it came out. So I was very busy, um, <laughs> so I never got to it. Uh, but man, the stories I've heard lately about what that show actually did and how Lucas, it with Brian Crew, who was on the 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 Ford Fiesta, said that they. Uh, like Lucas knew it was going to end, so he ended up filming all these all this footage that was tying some of the episodes together, so he could make mini movies. So I'm curious to see if it's still episodes or if maybe it's the movies mm. he's always wanted to see, as, uh, put together up on Disney Plus. I'm not sure, but either way, I'm gonna race through that. I know we wanted to do that for the ramp up for Dial of Destiny as part of the show, but who are we kidding? We're we're creaking through these shows. I mean, as we're it barely making. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've got two kids, yeah. and I've got. Uh, stuff going on (laughs) so
1: we we get to what we get to well i'll say this uh the first episode we did of this if you remember i did watch an episode of indiana young indiana jones chronicles sort Uh. of to get sort of to get ready for this and and um i remember saying yeah it was fine and it was it was fine I, i don't know i have to watch the whole thing to really have an opinion i guess but but the first episode was fine it was it was perfectly acceptable was it great and did it like oh my gosh i have to watch the rest of this not so much for me
0: i will say this it was a big deal when marvel films came out in disney plus in imax format there was mm-hmm. a way to put them up there stretch to fill the whole screen i don't know why they don't do that with other movies i would love to see that done with the uh, indie films i'm going to have to check out and see if uh, they have that. But if it hasn't been announced that they do, I don't think they do.
1: What, what, what are they showing them in 16.9? Is that Yeah, what... there's
0: some sort of IMAX format that allows them to fill that screen. I don't know how, what they're doing, but uh, they're not cro- cropping it from what I know. They're not, you know, it's not pan and scan. They right, got, right, uh, right. But it's some sort of new, and it's not all the Marvel titles, but it's a bunch of them. It's like 16 of them or so are all in this format.
1: It's been interesting, uh, you know, uh, some of the footage that I've come across online, seeing the comparative of different versions over the years that have been released, and you know, of course some people are like, you know, rippings from DVDs, some people are, you know, pulling something from a Blu-ray or whatever to, you know, have their chat about it, and uh the Blu-ray stuff just looks so fantastic. Always. The, I mean, the, it just... The it,
0: darks are darker, the colors are sharper. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, Streaming doesn't match it at all. No. Oh, my. I was watching... Better Call Saul's finale, and I was like, this is, like, pixelated, and and it's, of course, all dependent on your Wi-Fi as well, you know, so it's a big, it can be a big mess, the physical media will always be the best, Blu-ray is the best, Yep. 4K, probably more so, I haven't even, uh, I haven't gotten one myself, but I've seen them, and they're pretty sharp,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But don't
0: let that stop you if you've never seen an Indiana Jones film from hitting Disney Plus and checking it I out. I mean, right? 100%. 100%. All right, well, let's get on to our recap of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And if you're one of those people who I just mentioned haven't seen these movies, oops, we're going to recap it anyway. But uh, we're not going to. Let's go to the source and let Indy himself tell you what the film is about.
1: That's right. He is a legend. The, the film is a legend. The recap is perfectly acceptable. No. No, the recap is great. I mean, because it is directly from the legend.
2: My next adventure starts like all good Lucasfilm adventures. By taking an adult character you know and love and making him a kid. But am I doing kid stuff like going to the Olympics or reading Tarzan books? No. I'm back in the damn desert again. This time in Utah. Spelunking with my fellow Boy Scouts. Not that there's a spelunking merit badge either, which is a shame because it's fun to say spelunking. Well, where I spelunked, I ended up eyeing a bunch of looters who came across the priceless cross of Coronado. Would have been a shame if that symbol of the horrible mistreatment and abuse of indigenous people fell into the hands of some bad guys so i snatched it and ended up on a wild chase on horseback until i ended up in a train that housed the magically marvelous backstory circus bullwhips scars snakes all get explained but somehow i never ended up with a nagging lifelong fear of getting speared in the crotch by a rhino horn huh I end up back home only to find that Dad doesn't get my back. The looter's boss has bought off the law, and I have to give back the cross. Would have been a great time for Dad to speak up. Well, as you can imagine, I funneled this frustration all the way to 1938, where I killed a whole boatload full of people to get the cross back because, you know, it belongs in a museum. Speaking of Dad, it turns out he's gone missing. And when Mr. Moneybags Walter Donovan tells me this, do I just suddenly go quiet and do nothing? No, Dad, I do something and hop on a plane with Marcus for Venice. Anyway, Donovan also told me that as sure as coconuts migrate, Dad was seeking the Holy Grail. Yes, the Holy Grail from the Last Supper. Turns out Dad sent me his Grail diary, but I'd been too busy fending off the advancements of my students to check it out. But I'm sure it had all kinds of interesting Grail facts in it, and probably the Last Supper wine list. By now, you're probably thinking like I was. This is quite the sausage party, isn't it? Thankfully, Elsa Schneider shows up to give me someone to flirt with. And then we enjoy... more spelunking. Catacombs beneath the Venice Library contain a clue as to the Grail's whereabouts. And just as Elsa and I get that information, rats... Not rats sent after me by villains, but rats that just are always under the streets of Venice. I mean, that's a good travel tip, kids. Don't go to Venice. Anyway, after our escape, we're then chased by the order of the cruciform sword, which are sworn to protect the Grail at all costs. Until, of course, they realize that I'm just there to rescue my dad. Then they calm down a lot. They also tell me my dad is in a castle on the German-Austrian border. And oh yeah, Elsa and I do it. Now, in order to get into the castle, I must call on my most prized skill in being an archaeologist. That summer I did community theater in 1916. I pretend to be Scottish, until I realized no one cares and I hit low-rent auto premature in the schnoz, which I should have done in the first place. Looking back, I actually can't believe I just shared that embarrassing moment with you. Anyway, turns out Nazis are behind my dad's kidnapping and Elsa's one of them. I scrubbed and scrubbed my groin in the shower that night, I can tell you. But, I did find Dad, and after he called me Junior, I shot a handful of Nazis at close range, which is really how I should have handled the guy who answered the castle door. It's not long, however, before Dad and I are tied up and more info is spilled, like Donovan is also a Nazi, and oh, Dad slept with Elsa. I scrubbed and scrubbed my groin in the shower that night, I can tell you! Dad and I escape on a motorcycle and eventually engaged in what can only be called Plain Zeppelins and Automobiles. This included a stop in Berlin to get the Grail Diary back from Elsa and have a face-to-face with Hitler. Bad breath, by the way. No surprise. And did I mention Sal is back in the mix? He tells Dad and I that the Nazis now also know where the Grail is. So it's a game of who gets there first. And they have a slow-moving tank. Idiots! But Dad gets himself captured inside of it. Idiot! It's on me then, just on horseback, to dispatch all the Nazis and save Dad, which I do, because I'm Indiana Jones. I do archaeology and Scottish accents. The Nazis arrive at the Grail Temple first, and keep losing low-level guys to the temple's traps. Then, we're caught. And I'm the one who has to get past the traps and retrieve the Grail. Why? Because Donovan shot Dad! Turns out Dad's diary scribblings weren't all, Who's the hottest female archaeologist and why? Although that's in there. His other nonsense helped me get past the traps and meet an ancient knight. I wasn't sure if the knight had ill intentions, but... Regardless, I was prepared with a shrubbery. Turns out he was all, drink from the right cup and you'll live. Donovan didn't take his advice, so he turned to dust. But I knew the cup of a carpenter and was able to use it to save Dad. Elsa got all raccoon on me and was so distracted by the shiny grail she fell to her death like a Disney villain, leaving myself, Dad, Marcus, and Sala riding off into the sunset. Until the sun rose again, I guess, and I come back for two more adventures.
0: Well, that's everything you've wanted to know about The Last Crusade. Our apologies for spoilers if you're lame and haven't seen this movie.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, not everybody who hasn't seen the movie is lame. I well, maybe most of. Them. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As a father, you know, when you pick up your kid at school and you see all the other kids, you're like, they have these losers haven't seen <laughs> Last Crusade. What a shame." <laughs> but speaking of that movie let's go back to the beginning when it came out so 1989 well what a summer now just before this we were talking about how this summer of 2023 feels like the old ones so mm-hmm. there's a big event movie every weekend fast x little mermaid across the spider-verse flash elemental indie mission impossible it's like on and on and on every week something huge up through haunted mansion so but 89 so you you mentioned 84 which is probably one of the greatest ever when temple of doom came out right along with karate kid and uh, gremlins and uh, all sorts of stuff but the summer may 24th last crusade comes out in the summer of 89 surrounded by dead poet society Mm. ghostbusters 2 yeah batman honey i shrunk the kids lethal weapon 2 license to kill i love the lethal weapon movies they were great 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 movies yeah yeah license to kill speaking of dalton uh, it was a big hit. When Harry met Sally, Parenthood, The Abyss, it, the list goes on. It was a huge Parenthood summer. is a
1: fantastic motion One picture. One
0: of the greats. Great. One of the greats. Yeah. And right in the middle of it all is Last Crusade, a huge hit. And it's at a budget of, this is laughable, $48
1: million. They made it for $48 million. They I mean, can't you, get, you couldn't touch that today. Yeah. You, you can't make a Marvel movie yeah. under $200 million. You can't make a commercial for a Marvel movie for that. <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> but true to uh, uh, Harrison Ford's drawing power in the 80s. $474.2 million worldwide gross, 197 domestic. That puts it actually number two. Do you know what the number one film was that summer? Karate Kid. No, that was
1: 84. Oh, whoops. Just follow Sorry. along. 89. 89. <laughs> um, karate Kid. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Batman. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Batman I mean, that one. makes sense. We've been I'm... waiting
0: for Batman. It was new at the time. Now Batman movies like another one of these. But, uh, you know, with all the sequels in there, Ghostbusters, Lethal Weapon, mm. Indie, batman took number one
1: that makes sense i mean it
0: was, it was a great film now because of inflation now this is dumb when you always look and see like movies are so much more now to go and see that they make more so it doesn't even break the top 200 lorax alvin and the chipmunks and venom are all above the last crusade which is uh, disheartening oh my god time for a new chart
1: um I mean, adjusted. although people love venom I don't know I mean I haven't yeah seen it, also
0: just love it. adjusted uh it, it's a it's it's up there uh at like 115 wow but movies like rear window house of wax and duel in the Sun are above it like hmm. if you paid today's money for house of wax that's how much of a hit that movie was with I believe uh oh I don't know even know if that's the remake or the Vincent price original but well, um, when
1: did Temple come out again it was 83 84 84 oh that's right 84. yeah and so when this, Karate Kid came out. Well, oh right, of course I should know that. Uh, so eighty nine was this one. Correct. Five, we only waited five years. Five. Now years. we have to wait
0: double digit amounts of years for an Indiana Jones movie. To your point, if there are too few of
1: these. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm trying to figure out why it wasn't bigger. It's was pretty damn big. Number two for the year for the year. It was yeah, pretty, but
0: yeah. you know what I'm saying. Comparatively now. Well, listen, you want to know the number one movie? If you just take the money without uh, adjusting adjusting for prices it's crystal skull that's the number one indie film because it came out in 08 and pri- you know it cost oh, five times as much to right. see that as it did uh, right, raiders right right but uh, so here are the taglines to get you excited he's back in an all new adventure that's all you needed,
2: <laughs> that's all you needed.
0: Uh, have the adventure of your lifetime peeping up with the joneses that's a great tagline mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. up with the joneses and the man with the hat is back and this time he's bringing his dad we all uh, assume that one I love right it's that not Abraham Lincoln we all know. it was yeah right it's not Davy Crockett yeah also famous for hats yeah but um I like the Joneses one that's cool
1: yeah I I like I like the fact that he's bringing along his dad I you know in my research for this I had a hard time finding behind the scenes stuff uh there was just a limited amount but but of course you know The stuff that exists is very focused on the fact that Sean Connery's there but I didn't realize how much of an effect he had on the development of that character Um, I mean he it was he was really very responsible for you know the Indiana Jones father that we got, that we got. It wasn't just like, you know, he, he acted it well. Th- those were his ideas. Those, so much of that, the development of, of how his character ended up being. I think George Lucas originally wanted to have something a little bit more stoic, a little bit, less emotional and I think it was probably ultimately going to be ultimately going to be a little less funny um and and rightfully Sean Connery was like no this is a great opportunity to do this and this and you know like no we need to add this element and he had lots of notes and lots of meetings with them and and I think their openness to the development of the character beyond what they had conceptualized also speaks to them as producers and filmmakers like you know it the collaboration of of Creating these movies is is part of the beauty of it and to that point and I know we'll get to it but uh, in terms of crew everybody's back right oh, yeah. I mean it's it, I mean these guys had a well oiled machine I mean Raiders went really well right out of the gate but now this is their third film they're good to go yeah interestingly there was an original script uh, Spielberg really wanted to do something with the father within, he's like who 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 does Indiana Jones come from? What, what, like, what's? Let's get into his origin of like what makes him him and all of that, and and Lucas originally wanted to do something I think in sort of the spooky realm, some sort of like castle set in I don't know somewhere. So I, I think that's why we ended up with the the, the Scotland the Scottish moment. Uh, My favorite scene. Yeah, your your tapestries. most favorite scene, which I think I still think is an awesome scene. He's I love never it.
0: Had to be a character to get in in and out of a jam. He just beats people up. It's the or next level. The it's
1: next characters. level.
0: <laughs> next he's going to come in, hello, I'm so-and-so. What? I'm fribbity-jibbit, and I'm looking, where's the tea? And then he beats the
1: guys up. Just beat the guys up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, in my research, I also uh, had a chance to to uh, hear about some of the deleted scenes, thing, things that maybe they shot, didn't end up, or whatever. I don't think they got edited, but, but people were... Talking about it anyway. uh, Speaking of that scene, after he punches the guy, there's there was a sequence where he basically puts that guy into like a (laughs) some kind of like tomb or coffin thing or whatever, shuts it, (laughs) and then they like go you know hunker down and go through the castle. I I guess they felt like they needed to justify like, well, where did they hide the body? You know, after they punched him, like, no, we don't we don't need that. Which of course the editor, who by the way, um, he had one little section in this documentary that I loved and he was chatting about editing and I love what he said cuz he was talking about the feeling you know the feeling of of an edit you know he brings something to to Steven and be like you know this is this is the sequence and he's like I you know you, if you edit from a heady place you, you know you you get something more intellectualized but when you feel something you know this is where the cut goes this is where this you know he's looking at the thing and you cut to the you know I mean that I don't know to me that just makes so much more sense cinematically uh, especially now with YouTube, there's so many people that are like, this is how you edit. And, you know, it's like some 14-year-old kid telling and you it's how always
0: to- And it's always way too loud. You ever watch those tutorials when it's like, thank you for tuning in to my oh tutorial. My well, today we're going to learn how to take a clip and reverse it.
1: Like, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you edit? Yeah. Like yeah. You don't edit audio? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of some things that were supposed to happen and didn't. Oh. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Monkey King was one of the original titles they were going to go with and he would battle a murderous ghost of Baron Seamus Seagrove the 3rd in Scotland so that may have been so that, the whole that, thing So that I you're think
1: that was about. it yeah and in fact I think they wrote a version of that script and and I I think Lucas was at the head of that and and then they basically were like yeah this is not it so yeah. An eight-page treatment, Lucas wrote.
0: Oh, okay, there yeah, you Back go. in 84. So right after Temple of Doom, they were on it, but it took a while to get going. Yeah. And the Fountain of Youth was worked in there at some point. I've heard that forever. Well, and the last two sequels came out without the Fountain of Youth. I guess maybe they thought the grail was enough of... Uh, I mean,
1: technically, that's essentially what they sort of put onto the the cup of Christ, yeah. right? That, you know, that you live forever, so.
0: Uh, Chris Columbus came in and wrote a script changing the main artifact to the Garden of Immortal Peaches. I don't know what that is. Uh, Indy finds That a t- is a
1: surprising, not great, <laughs> and I love Chris Columbus, so that makes me a little sad.
0: <laughs> uh, in it, Indy finds a 200-year-old pygmy, and Nazis come for him. Eventually, Indy uh, dies and is rec- resurrected by the Monkey King. So there's a whole lot of stuff that didn't huh. happen, and it sounds like it's okay that it didn't. Yeah. The script finally had a dude with a mechanical arm. A-
1: um, by the way, though, you can see the influence of that. I mean, you know, his father gets shot. You know, and is you know close to death. Certainly, he you know that raises the stakes for him ha- to have to get the cup of Christ. And mm-hmm. bring, you know, so I, in some ways, it's it's interesting to see how these pieces of the story that were being developed at least influenced what we finally saw. Indiana fights the undead in this movie, uh,
0: and they deemed it too unrealistic.
1: I mean, there yeah. was be- when we Pretty did much. when we did Temple uh that you were talking about how they you know they could have drank the blood of Molar whatever the blood of what, what's the
0: well molar ram i don't know it's his blood but yeah, yeah the, well, they drink some they, they drink blood.
1: The, the whatever they drink the and and that that there was talk that they were going to make them into zombies or something yeah. like that and it's they keep like, wanting to do that and then they, they go maybe we shouldn't and we <laughs> better for it yes yes so i can't wait to see the zombies in dial of destiny right anyway <laughs> oh oh um real quick before we get into the next point, what I wanted to mention about uh, another thing that came out of Dial of Destiny was um, they released a a little snippet. What's the director's name? Um, uh, James Mangold. They Mangold. Re- they released a snippet, uh, you know, just sort of like, some clips we've already seen with James Mangold and a couple of the other cast members and I think like I've seen you know, this, yeah. yeah and and it's just a little promo thing but but it was nice it was i mean he's talking about how much he loves Indiana Jones and and how much this character means to him and stuff i you know i you've said it but i was a little concerned about Spielberg not doing this and the more i see of him i'm less concerned and i'm more I mean, just excited about it all mangold perhaps hasn't made a bad film so i hope this isn't the first <laughs>
0: but you know, we also are taking any reviews coming out of France from like tuxedoed people in a hoity toity event. Yeah. Bring it down to the people and then we'll see what we think. Yeah. Uh, Menno Mayus, or Menno Mayas, I should say, who wrote The Color Pearl came through. He did revisions uh, on the Holy Grail Indies Father story. At mm. one point, there was the Orient Express.
1: There was a nun. Now, the Orient Express stuff, I think they shot some stuff with that because in the behind the scenes. Uh, the movie I was watching, uh, there's a moment that they, they show Harrison Ford and Sean Connery and they're walking by this train. And I was like, I don't remember a train scene. Hmm. I'm like, huh. So they shot something and it just didn't end up in there. Indie searches for Montezuma's death mask. See, there are so many things you could be. We should have 10 movies. Yeah.
0: But I get Ford doesn't want to just keep playing indie. But uh, yeah, the. the Did he not want are... to
1: keep playing indie? Is that why we didn't end up with more movies during that. Or was it because Lucas was so focused on like doing the prequels? Because that would have been that time, right? It would have been like ninety, the nineties. Basically, we would have well, gotten more Indiana Jones movies. He comes out of
0: Last Crusade, goes right into presumed innocent and regarding Henry. Clearly, he wanted to do something different. Right. Then he gets into Jack Ryan and the Fugitive, and it's more his wheelhouse, even though it's not indie. Right. So, but then Sabrina, you know. So it seemed like he. I feel like he wanted to get back to that Mosquito Coast vibe he had. You right. Know, after Temple of Doom. Speaking of getting
1: different. back to things, uh, one of the things in this uh, behind-the-scenes piece that I I enjoyed as well was they were talking about uh, they wanted to get back to that feeling from Raiders. You know, they wanted to get back to the, sort of the sense of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They kind of got away from that overall feeling with Temple of Doom. So dark, yeah. <laughs> Temple. Of, I mean, Temple of Doom is just such a different movie in so many ways. I mean, it, obviously, it's still our our hero, and I you know I love it, but but. And again, and again, I know we talked about it last one. Like it's a scarier movie. I, that is not the one that I would sit and watch on a Saturday afternoon again and again. Last Crusade, I I would watch it again and again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Spielberg
0: was so committed to returning to Indy, he had to drop out of Rain Man and Big. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, but maybe if had wow. early talks, if yeah. not a commitment. Yeah. But still.
1: Uh, but those would have been interesting. I think his sister wrote big, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I didn't know and that. Spielberg, yeah. By the way, did you know that, that Tom Hanks' brother is the one who does like almost all of his voice I do. work? I had no that. idea. Yeah. So, and, and if you hear, I've heard him in like interviews, and when he turns on his Tom Hanks, you're like, yeah, that's in like that's indiscernible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, keep it in the family. Do it, man. Yeah, yeah. How psyched to see it. What? I'm going to make money? Speaking I, I of, want a piece of that Hanks pie. Right? Uh, speaking of voices too, um Harrison Ford's voice, another iconic aspect of him as uh a movie star. Yeah. He just has a resonance and a vocal placement that he could be like, Oh the, here's the phone book. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my god, yes, this is the phone book. Like, I mean he it's just have you seen Shrinking?
0: No, I He's haven't. So great yet. for they lean into the grump, first yeah. of all, which yeah. he is now. And he's just hilarious in that he's always got you know some snide, off-handed thing. That he kind of says like this, and it gets a huge laugh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> awesome. it's very funny. Awesome. Yeah, he is legend, of course. Elsewhere in the film, other legends: River Phoenix. We get to see him before oh, he gosh. left us too soon. Uh, he, Do you know how that came about? They worked together in *Mosquito Coast*. There it is. Yeah. Boom, baby. Yeah. yeah. So I mean.
1: Something came out of Mosquito Coast. Well, I thought it was interesting. I <laughs> guess it was it was Harrison Ford that went to Steven Spielberg who said, you know who looks the most like me when I was young? This actor, uh, River Phoenix, I just did this film with. He looks the most like me. Yeah. And that's why they cast him. And I'm those like, little moments, yeah. he, he has, everyone's lost but me. You know, he's yeah. kind of got that uh, Harrison
0: Ford <laughs> essence. It's great. 100%. We mentioned Sean Connery who plays uh, Henry Jones Sr., what is the age difference between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery at this point? I know this one. Lay it on me.
1: 12 years.
0: Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. But we buy it. You just throw the beard on him, especially when you whiten up his face like that. Right. The, you buy it. Yeah. Amanda Redman turned down the role of Elsa.
1: Amanda Redman. Who's that again?
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> IMDB said it was her fear of rats. Uh, wouldn't that suck?
1: You don't, you that's don't interesting
0: because... The, today they'd CGI him; She'd be fine.
1: Right. The, the woman who ended up playing it said that that was a big bone of contention in the audition process for her. They were like, are you okay with rats? Like, seriously, are you... And, the, and she was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Yeah. And so I think that's part of why I'm she... I'm fine
0: with handled rats by handlers who've probably checked for disease. You know, not Do you the know one. how
1: they got those rats? Explain. Uh, they breeded them. Oh, yes. 2,000 rats they breeded so that they wouldn't have any disease or, you know, a- anything like that. And uh, Harrison Ford, as a young lad, apparently, uh, I-, I don't know, did some sort of nature work or whatever, had pet rats. So he was very comfortable around the rats. And he, at one point in the documentary, even says, yeah, you know, rats have, uh, they have the only, you know, they have personalities. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta get on that, Harrison.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but they ha- uh,
0: take away what's nasty about skunks. They're, they're adorable too. You know, it's just these animals. Poor animals have uh, like bats. Couldn't be more helpful to the environment. They eat all the bugs, you know. But everyone thinks they're gonna kill me and make me a vampire. Yeah. Uh, a thousand mechanical rats were set on fire when eventually you got to torch the whole place. Right, And, right. and get to the uh, get to the gravestone. Uh, what else? Oh, I mean oh. that is
1: a really cool sequence. Yeah, yeah. That watching that again, I was like. Wow, and one it has got to be
0: something creepy, crawly to wig you out. Spiders, right. bugs. Now we have. Rocks.
1: Oh yeah, at one point Spielberg says, "Yeah, apparently we have no shame. Like, <laughs> it's just no shame." Yeah. What's interesting though is like, I, you know, watching it again, hearing some of the dialogue. There's a moment where you know his father is is asking him like, you know, did you see Sir Richard? Did you, you know, you saw him and all this stuff. He's so excited, and they have this like very reverent music. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he flipped over the tomb and like pulled the body out and went inside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how reverent it was, but (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do what
0: you gotta do. Julian Glover did an American accent playing Donovan because he didn't take my advice. But I think it's pretty good. He didn't he was not proud of it.
1: He he was not proud of it and he even said uh he said he when he auditioned he, he said I did a terrible American accent. And uh, and then I got the job, and I had no idea. And he was surprised that he even got the opportunity to audition for that role. And I didn't know that he was in Empire Strikes Back. I figured that would get you a lock for an opportunity, right? right? <laughs> I mean, so so cool. But I love the idea. George, that... it's me, right? Jules, <laughs> let me in. But I love the idea that he had this like smaller role in Empire Strikes Back. He did a great job in that role. And they bring him in, and then like actually, this is like the the main bad guy. And you're like, what? That's awesome, you know? Yeah.
0: And Alison Duty, by the way, who did end up playing Elsa, look for her in RRR, Oh. which is, it was fun to see her again in oh, something. Oh, that's and awesome. That crazy I mean, movie that won the best song uh, Oscar. Uh, that three-hour
1: epic action thing. is crazy. It's great. Beautiful actress. Yeah. I thought she was fantastic in Last Crusade. I mean, I, I bought her performance. I, I love yeah. what she did with it, and uh, she did a great job. Irish actress, I believe. She talks in her sleep. It's <laughs> such a great, I mean, all of that. I mean, that was, I, I loved all of that. Apparently George needed some convincing on that storyline. So, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier may have played the grail knight. This is
0: a rumor I've heard. But would that have been distracting if you get in there and there's Laurence Olivier? Uh, at the <laughs> it's like,
1: to be or not to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I Ill, think it would be distracting. But... Uh, actually, Sean Connery talked about the actor, and I, unfortunately I don't know his name, who played the knight. But um, he talked about him, and he was like, that actor brought such uh, a depth to that moment and that character that it, you just really believe like everything, he and, and then he and then he lands jokes, you know. He chose poorly. poorly. <laughs> I Here, mean, I, I, mean was... I mean, that beat right before. I mean, come on, it's just it's brilliant.
0: I, for a second at uh, my young age, I went, This <laughs> when they arrive and there's a grail night there, I went, This is a little hokey, but the guy pulls it off, the guy lures you in, and the guy plays
1: it well. And I love the moment where he's like, I've got to fight him. And then he just, I whoops. Yeah. I mean, 500 it's or whatever. great. Yeah. It's so great. I love it. I love and
2: it.
0: And you would say as an actor, Sean, when you audition, you book the room, right? Book the room. If the casting director's there and he doesn't hire you, book him so he calls you back get oh. on their side. Oh,
1: I see what you're saying. Yes,
0: yes. 100%. I mean, it's, it's relationships, yes. Michael Sheard played Admiral Ozel in The Empire Strikes Back, and he played a U-boat captain in Raiders, and he plays Hitler in Last Crusade. Book the room, yeah. Because he never
1: was her, Indiana Jones. He kept working, kept working. I mean, that's you know, that's a lesson for for every actor and young actor in our industry that you know is out there. You know, yes, book the room. Make you know, it, it, you don't have to be the best friend, but you can be friendly. And they'll all and, and even if you even if you go. I, I think even if you go in and you don't do a great audition, but they like you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll be like yeah that guy had a bad day that guy was off today whatever they'll bring you back if if you're not a jerk i think
0: well Kavork malikian plays kazim of the brother of the cruciform sword has the huge fight on the boats oh yes i love him uh, he might have been sala he said if not for a traffic jam keeping him from auditioning would he have gotten it who knows but can you imagine not making that audition and then oh. this becomes a huge movie so again
1: Whenever he got he there, whatever, back.
0: Somehow he ended up in front of him. So he was, and what
1: a great, what a great role. I mean, he yeah. has like a full storyline, a full arc. Ends up dying.
0: Arc. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> that's one of the best uh, lines in the whole movie. Those Who's, are for whose glory do you seek the Grail? Mm-hmm. For his or for yours? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great yeah. line. Uh, but we can't talk much longer without talking about John Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy does not go to sleep, and anything. Uh, Going back to Temple of Doom, I mean, like, must have had 10 new themes in that. Same here. We got a new Nazi march. We got all sorts of new stuff. Um, And from action music to emotional music and, uh, you know, there's very little retreading. And when Mm -hmm. it's time for that classic indie theme, he gives it to us. He doesn't hold back. Yeah. It's the
1: best. Speaking of the Nazis, uh, did you know that the uniforms are mainly like real uniforms I did know yeah. That, yeah i i had no idea that's all creepy actually it's really <laughs> really disconcerting like yeah. once you hear that and then you see the scene you're like wow this is well there's that well there's that
0: uh i just want to run through robert watts first seven credits so imagine having this as your first seven credits of your career meetings with remarkable men okay he's mm-hmm. producer the Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Who framed Roger Rabbit, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade?
1: Woof! I mean, come on.
0: Let's get that guy a household name. Robert Watts. All right, Robert put, put that,
1: Watts. Put that in your mouth. I mean, we talked about it on the last episode, but the unsung heroes on, on film and television shows, the people that other people don't talk about. And, and since we're in the middle of a writer strike, I mean, screenwriters in particular, right? How many screenwriters are household names? But you certainly know director names, right? Most of
0: the, most of the screenwriters you know are the directors. Yes. Oh,
1: Tarantino's a great screener, but he's also a director. Right, right. Uh, right on down. Yeah. yeah. But especially for streaming, like, you know, streaming and television, that's a writer's genre. You're screwed without great writing. You know, uh, uh, No
0: computer is writing the finale to Ted Lasso that I just saw. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: it's incredible. That's great. I love it. Yeah.
0: I love it. Fun little fact. True or not, I'd have to go back and watch the clip. But apparently when Donovan, uh, his wife interrupts Donovan's speech with yes. Indy and wants him to return to the party, the piano music in the background is a lounge version of the Imperial March. Just a little...
1: Nope. oh my gosh i have <laughs> to go back and oh supposedly it's my like, gosh it's supposed to you're supposed to
0: go oh well, should we trust this guy but of course it's all playing without announcing itself oh, which is really fun i have to go back and listen to that oh man that's so cool yeah. that's awesome any other facts figures etc to bring up otherwise i'm gonna move into aftermath just a couple
1: little tidbits i thought it was cool they built the tank uh for the movie which i didn't i had no idea um, and, uh, every time I need to test out a new home
0: theater system, actually, I haven't bought a new home theater system in a long time, but every time I've moved, which is a handful in LA, I that's one of the scenes I bring out to test it. Mm. I bring out the tank sequence, I bring out, uh, the saving Private Ryan, you know, the, the, oh. in France, whatever, Normandy. Oh my gosh, the Normandy. Yes, yes, yes. And then I bring out the one of the early, um, Harry Potter sequences. What's the game they play? Uh, Quidditch. Quidditch! I'm putting out a Quidditch scene. Nice. But that tank sequence from all the uh, gunshots to the tank fire, just to the crunch and crackle of the the tank over the gravel, and then yeah. it turns and all its mechanical wheezing and wheeling, and then the punches, and it's just, <gasps> it's just the whip and everything. It's so great. Two things about that scene. Ben Burt, ladies
1: and gentlemen. Two other things about that scene. Um, One, it wasn't really in the script. Spielberg basically storyboarded it and they came up with the idea for the for that entire they wanted to have like, you know, this action sequence. And so it, it was it was all just storyboarded and con, like that that's what they were using as a reference for that entire. They're like, "Okay, we got that, we need this, we got that." I mean, it was just that kind of a thing, which is again just speaks to the brilliance of of this entire team, right? That they got all of this stuff. That's one. The second one is uh, Indiana Jones' hat of course, we all know and love kept flying off. Right? He's riding on the horse, flies off. You know, he staples it I to his seen, head. I've seen that clip. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he takes a stapler and just, <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at the camera, and goes, "That ought to do it." Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah, I'm like, that is just someone who is. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about it last time. He's so committed. He's so committed, and, comfortable. and he's so fearless. You know, um, oh, one other quick story that I thought was fun and funny uh, with Sean Connery and Harrison Ford—the sequence on the Zeppelin when, they're, uh, when, when they have the father-son moment and Dad, you weren't there—and you know, and let's talk now. all that stuff, right? Um, apparently, uh, I think I know what you're going to say. Was it hot? It was hot, <laughs> and, and because it was supposed to be like a wintry kind of thing, there were people in fur coats in the background and stuff like that. So Sean Connery did the scene with no trousers on. Um, and Harrison Ford was like, are you, are you not going to wear a Like you're going to put on some trousers, right? And, and he's like, no, if I put on trousers, like I sweat a lot, we're going to keep stopping. No, I'm not going to put on trousers. So then Harrison Ford did not wear trousers as well, which I think is fantastic. And honestly, it's, it's up there with like an acting exercise, right? (laughs) It's a yes. And it's literally just, you're not going to, I'm not going to do it either. You know? I mean,
0: yeah. Well, uh. And then after that I thought this was literally it. They literally rode off into the sunset. Yep. But uh, 19 years later, of course, there was another indie adventure and now 15 years after that there's another. Wow, that's again, you're making me sad for how many could have been's uh, yeah. are out there. But um, especially in the
1: 90s, I feel like that would have been yeah. that would have been the time especially during like that was because when did Jurassic Park come out? 93. Yeah. So that would have been the time when like CG was just getting you know, acceptable. Uh, th- what else could we have explored, especially with Ford at that time, still youthful? And he turned and- down
0: Alan Grant, so he wasn't going to play that. Yeah. But so they should have done Indy. But yeah. instead we got Sabrina. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but also, Star Wars and Marvel fans, you know, you don't know how good you've got it. Hmm. You know, oh, we have to wait a whole three months for Secret Invasion? Yeah, okay, wait three months. Three months! Right, right. Fifteen years we waited between indie movies. Uh, The novelization was included in the New York Times bestseller list. No uh, no toys were released, Hmm. but three video games. By 2008, Hasbro released toys in conjunction with Crystal
1: Skull. I think one of them is here behind me. I don't think in our last episode for Temple of Doom, we talked about the Temple of Doom game. Which did you ever play oh, that the, as video a kid? Game. the video game? Calimab <laughs> We we'll walk from here. I mean, yes. I, mean <laughs> I absolutely loved that game yeah, so much as a kid. And uh, I wish it was available. Apparently there's a version that's available on Android phones, but you cannot get it on anything any other oh, platform. Wow. But uh but I love that. It's crazy
0: that. that and it's probably the game. Yeah, it's probably not. Well, we made a phone version. No, we pulled it out of that giant arcade game yeah. from the '80s. Yeah, and now we can run it on a yeah, phone. Yeah, now, now at it's, it's full strength.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a downloadable. It's 800 kilobytes. Yeah. So you exactly. know,
0: <laughs> uh, 37 million was a record for the Memorial, for, uh, Memorial Day four-day weekend when it opened. The Saturday gross was the first time a film made over 10 million in one day. So some records being broken. Wow. And Ghostbusters two broke that record though by making more in its opening three-day weekend. Mm. Fifty million was a record-breaking seven-day gross, breaking the record of Temple of Doom. So Andy's still just breaking records and having fun at the box office. Nineteen days was a record to a hundred million. Six weeks at number one in the UK. But what do the critics think? Eighty-eight percent at Rotten Tomatoes. So Mm. that's not too bad, you know, because most of the time,
1: people, critics, the lines don't cross. No, it's it's very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. What What is um. I'd be curious to know what the reaction is on a more worldwide kind of scale. Does this does this character play as well in other countries, or mm. is it just a good, you know, is it just an American movie that got released and, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, know the I mean, answer.
0: going back to that box office, I mean, four hundred and seventy-four point two million gross worldwide, and only okay. only two hundred of that is it, uh, is domestic. So yeah. that's another. That's more. In of course, there's more of world than the U.S., but
1: uh, yeah, that's so it it has appeal. It it makes me want to see a French dub. I don't know why. I'm just (laughs) curious. I want to know who the French guy is that's doing Indiana Jones. (laughs) Like Harrison
0: Ford said at the uh, speaking of France at Cannes, they must have played some montage of his career, Mm -hmm. and he's like. They say right before you die, your life flashes before your eyes. Ah! I just saw that, but I got one more movie for you to see. Then he introduced Isle of Destiny. Oh wow! Um, wow! Last Crusade makes uh, wins an Oscar, Best Sound Effects Editing. Ben Burt. I mean, and Richard Hymns.
1: I'm, you know, uh, as we've covered all of these and, and hearing Ben Burt's name again and again when we did Countdown to Nine, and of course this, you know, he, so well deserving. And talk about someone who. Uh, you know is in the behind the scenes world but has gotten the accolades that he so so deserves mm-hmm. i mean just anyway
0: You get the chance to go to the motion picture academy oh yeah Bert you've talked made about that yeah 25 minute film and watch that for sure that you yeah. called uh, behold
1: oh yeah Which is great. I, I need to check that again. i need to check that out yeah, yeah for sure let me know i'll yeah? remember i'll go oh, with you oh there you go all right
0: uh nominated for best sound as well and original score so even when he's mm-hmm. repurposing some themes he creates enough new stuff to be better than most things out there and get a nomination in john williams for best score but he lost to alan manken who was starting his disney run which mm. was not to be trifled with right when he won for that and then he wins for beauty be- beauty and the beast and right. aladdin and, and uh think pocahontas right and to just forget it was a stupid run he had right got like 10 oscars another
1: well-deserved thing oh
0: he's so amazing yeah yeah, yeah. Connery got a golden globe nod for supporting actor. Mm. Say what you want about the globes, but they spread the love and will recognize something like that. Everyone will tell you how great Connery is in this movie. There's tons of people who couldn't tell you who actually might have won that year. Right. The prologue inspired Lucas to create the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which we mentioned. Mm. Connery retired in 2008, though Spielberg wanted him for Crystal Skull. But he yeah. went out on the wrong movie. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Come back and do one more. They all do that. Hackman's last movie, Welcome to Mooseport. Nicholson's how do you know these are not their best movies no. they need to i mean go out on a high I, note. I
1: wonder i know that 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 connery not being involved in crystal skull changed the storyline um i wonder what it would have you know what that movie would have been had he been in it you know and would that have saved it i don't know because i it is certainly the the least favorite in general yeah,
0: i mean karen allen came back and didn't help, so.
1: No. Yeah. I well, we yeah.
0: can't wait to talk about that
1: one. Oh. I'm, uh. I'm excited. That's why I'm like, I'm so excited to like really revisit that one because I I want to see if I still really do feel like I don't care for it yeah. as much as I think I won't. <laughs> uh, Petra, where the grail is
0: at the end of the film, mm-hmm. is a location in Jordan. Visitors from there went from a few thousand a year to almost a million annually. People want to check out where wow. the Holy, Holy grail was. Wow. Wow. Douglas Slocum, This would be his last film, although he didn't die until uh, 2016 at one hundred and three years old. But this was his last movie. So he retired with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, See, he did it
1: right. He went out on. Yeah, I went on a big one. one. I mean, talk about again. You know, just someone who made it look simple. We talked about that in Temple of Doom, but like, he's just so consistent. And you know what I liked about all of the camera work in those those three films is, um, it's beautiful. It's subtle. And you don't notice it. I mean, there's some shots like from Raiders, you know, when they're when they're digging into the tomb, you know, that. Holy that sun, in the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean that 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 image. I mean, oh my goodness, what an amazing image, and it's just captured. I mean, I know there's an optical in there too, but like that's amazing. And then you know, literally them riding off into the sunset with Last Crusade, which again, by the way, I, I you know, after seeing that again, I'm like. Crystal Skull's biggest uh challenge is did it need to exist because we <laughs> rode off into the sunset yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. So, I don't know. This one's PG-13, Thanks
0: Temple of Doom. At 100 <laughs> <laughs> At 127 minutes, Last
1: Crusade is the longest, but doesn't feel it. Not at all. So, Not yeah. at all. Oh, there's an interesting scene that got cut. You know when he leaves when when he climbs out of the window uh at the at the school at the mm-hmm. university and and then the those guys kind of sort of surround him a little bit you, you know like he walks he walk he goes to walk to his car or something and there's like a bunch of guys that kind of surround him hmm. and that those those guys were really supposed to be like Donovan's henchmen like they were supposed to be like they were supposed to take out guns and then like take him and there was even a scene before Donovan comes in where they're like in the room and hmm. like kind of yeah so and of course all that got cut which was very wise because they weren't supposed to. They, they should have never come off yeah. like, Yeah, I mean, because then it's like that's the tell right there. Yeah. yeah, he's the bad guy. He just kidnapped you. I mean, you know. So <laughs> anyway,
0: then yeah. he could just in the in the party just be going dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Don't even be <laughs> subtle about it. Right? <laughs> he's right. a bad guy. Dun, 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 yeah. Be aware. yeah, yeah all right well listen uh that wraps indiana jones and the last crusade i think we should probably call it there there's much more we could say about all these films though I mean. but uh hopefully we filled your head with interesting facts and uh you were a little jostled by the joy we have for these films so you can get excited <laughs> for the new one we're gonna try and hold that over into crystal skull yes, we'll see indeed. what happens yes indeed but that, that it that that is the film yet to talk about here on the show before june 30th gets here then of course we'll be back with our final show after we see the dial of destiny yes with a very
1: special guest i'm very excited about so. yes. yeah yeah Alright guys, well thanks for watching. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Creative Motion Entertainment, or you can head to my website, same name. Uh, be sure to chime in with your thoughts at themovieguys.net, at countdownto5show at gmail.com, or on social media, which includes facebook.com forward slash countdownto5, at countdownto5 on Instagram, and at countdownto5show, that's the number two, the number five, show on Twitter, uh, and, of course, you can get the show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and, of course... iHeartRadio. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's all over the Deezer, place. Deezer. Uh, be sure to go to themovieguys.net. That's where you can, you can Dogs get there. Dogs and cats living together. Uh, mass hysteria. Yeah. Oh, you can check out all the old episodes of Countdown to Nine. Um, oh, and if you get a chance, please watch the show uh, on YouTube and... It's great, you know. We shoot a three-camera. It's us chatting. Sometimes we do some visual bits, and you know, of course, all of our recaps are with these old home movies from Indiana Jones himself. Yeah. So, you know, I think you're really missing out if you're not tuning in. <laughs> if you're not tuning in and watching it at least once on YouTube, because of course you should watch these and listen to these multiple times to get all of, of the course. information you I really do. need.
0: Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I was in it. And I do. Uh, and of course, go to themovieguys.net for all your movie stuff. Everything from Adam Witt and I going to the red carpet of John Wick 4 and doing some interviews to the Ford Fiesta, which we're covering every Harrison Ford movie. The next one we're going to post about is Witness. That should be coming Ooh, soon. Oh, nice. I love Yeah, that's yeah. good. And yeah. oh boy, what a great rewatch too. Just a oh, skillful nice. thriller. Peter Weir is uh, a fantastic director. Mm. Not surprised he did a couple movies. Ford did a couple movies with him. Awesome.
1: And uh, if you're looking for, you know, media production, both Paul and I, uh, we've got our companies. He's got Digital Mind Productions. i have got Creative Motion Entertainment. You know, boutique uh, little agencies. But we're also doing lots of marketing and advertising uh, and social media management for people. So all kind of fabulous stuff. Thanks again for watching and and, or listening. Uh, You know, I find The Last Crusade to uh, be a fun and energetic action movie with a, a, a strong... Relationship in the center. Uh, What did you find, Paul? Me? Illumination.